0: This morning, I am going to be talking about joy, something that I love to investigate myself, something that I have a real desire as a Christian to have more of in my life. And I actually think that this time of lockdown during everything that's been happening with coronavirus has been an excellent time for me to just mull over once again. What is joy? What does it mean as a Christian to have joy, to develop joy in your life? I don't know about you, um but for me, I have found um sta- parts of the last three months really difficult actually um I'm a sociable person, I love meeting up with friends, I love traveling, even if it's just somewhere in this country. I love being able to get away um and experience new landscapes, meet new people um I'm quite a touchy-feely person, I like to be able to give people hugs, um, to be able to interact in a quite an intimate manner with other people and all of those things I've found difficult and at times I have felt quite lonely and isolated and I would imagine that each one of us have in some way. And it's really interesting, isn't it, how our circumstances can affect our emotions. And we really can feel happy one minute and we can feel sad the next minute. And often when we think about joy, we think about it as an emotion, something that can be up one minute and down the next. But actually, when we're talking about biblical joy, we're not talking about an emotion. We're talking about a spiritual quality, something that lasts forever, Joy is spoken about in Galatians as one of the nine spiritual gifts, something that the more you get to know Christ, the more you develop in your life. I read this week, someone on a blog post had written that joy is impossible to define, but it can be described. And that really got me thinking and I searched around to find some descriptions from people that they have used to describe joy. Helen Keller described joy as the holy fire that keeps our purpose warm and our intelligence aglow. What a beautiful quote. Mother Teresa said many things about joy, but one thing she said was joy is a net of love by which you can catch souls. I wonder if you agree with that or not. C.S. Lewis, one of my absolute favourite writers, called joy the serious business of heaven. That is wonderful, isn't it? The serious business of heaven. And Rick Warren wrote a very um, famous quote that maybe you have read at some point. He said, "'Joy is the settled assurance "'that God is in control of all the details of my life, "'the quiet confidence that ultimately "'everything is going to be all right, "'and the determined choice to praise God "'in every situation.'" Assurance, confidence, and choice. Joy being a choice. Joy is absolutely a choice. I really, really agree with that. Just over a year ago, um, Sam and I lost a very good friend of ours on the Isle of Man um, who had been battling cancer for a number of years. Um, and she left behind her husband and two young children and it was a real shock to everyone because Sarah was uh, more full of life than anyone I have ever met. And it was incomprehensible to understand or believe that she could have left this life and gone to be with Jesus. It just seemed to leave such a gap. One of the things I loved most about Sarah was that throughout the last few years of her life, even though diagnosis after diagnosis, test after test came back with sad and often completely hopeless news, Sarah decided to choose joy in every situation and that became the mantra of her life. She used social media quite a lot, she used Instagram and Facebook, she was making a memory book for her children on there with photographs and memories and quotes and with everything that she did she would always use the hashtag choose joy. She really did choose joy despite being often in the pit of despair. So what does the Bible tell us about joy? Well, the main thing I want us to take away this morning is that Jesus is the source of our joy. It says in John fifteen eleven, it says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. That verse comes after a whole section where Jesus talks about being the vine and us being the branches. And I just want you to imagine for a second a tree. Maybe it's a tree that you know very well that you visit often or you walk past. Maybe it's a tree in your garden. But I want you to imagine it. I want you to imagine the trunk and the branches stretching out and the leaves on the end. And maybe the seeds or the fruit that it produces throughout the year. Now, when Jesus was talking about being the vine and us being the branches, he was talking about a tree or a plant like that. We're not particularly familiar with vines in this country, but we can use that imagery and put it into a picture that we understand. Maybe think of a mighty oak or a sycamore tree or a beech tree. Jesus is the trunk. We are the branches. Our life is blended to his. His life infuses mine. That's just how a tree works. The branches survive because of the trunk. The branches take what the trunk can give them. And the branches only produce fruit because of the goodness that comes through the trunk. And Jesus says, you will be filled with my joy. Not joy like mine. We're not asked to just copy his joy or emulate his joyfulness or even aspire to have joy just like him. But instead, we are asked to tap into his joy, the joy belonging to Christ himself. I often think that people struggle with imagining Jesus as joyful. Often we picture Jesus as very solemn, very serious, a man of sorrows. You think about stained glass windows and you are often conjuring that image of Christ on the cross, bearing all of our sins and absolutely that is a huge part of who Jesus is. But he is also joyful, joyful beyond belief. Hebrews 1 verse 9 says, God has anointed you talking about Jesus with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Now gladness in the original language means to leap or to jump and that word is used in another famous story in the bible that i'm sure we are all familiar with when John the Baptist mother Elizabeth And Mary, Jesus' mother, meets when they are both pregnant with their children. And as they meet, John the Baptist leaps in the wound of, in the womb of Elizabeth. And that word there, leap, is the same word as gladness in that Hebrews verse. So we can see there that that is the personhood of Jesus. He is so full of joyfulness. He leaps with joy. The Bible also tells us that joy is sufficient for us. Christ-like joy is sufficient and enough for us. In the passage that we listen to Sam reading, the the scripture for today, Jesus uses the imagery of a woman giving birth to help us understand the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that a lot of people watching this will have had children themselves. Shout out to the mothers out there. Um, Having had three children... I understand this reference very, very well, because when you are in the middle of giving birth, it is tiring. It is painful. You always have that moment where, quite frankly, you don't really want to do it anymore. You're not really sure why you have to do it. And if you could walk out and go back home and just watch TV, you would probably choose to do that. But once the baby is born and placed in your arms, you have an overwhelming sense of completion The baby that you are holding is sufficient to have made that process worth it. And that is what John is talking about when he uses that imagery. That despite all of the pain in life, all of the suffering, all of the grief and the loneliness and the hardship, actually knowing Jesus is sufficient. Knowing Jesus is enough for us. That abundant joy. If we go back to the imagery of a tree again, with Jesus being the vine or the trunk and us being the branches, a branch can do many things. A branch can change shape. It can grow a different way. It can shed its leaves. It can produce seeds. It can produce fruit. But its main concern is to always abide with the vine, always abide with the trunk, because without the trunk, the branch can do nothing. It is to stay attached and connected, always. And if it does that, then that will be sufficient. And it's the same with us. If we stay abiding with Jesus, connected with Jesus, then his joy will be sufficient for us. Joy is often highly unreasonable. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Some of the most joy-filled people I know, that constant, unwavering joy I look at their life and I cannot understand why they are a person of such joy because their circumstances are often so very hard. But I long to be that person, that person who no matter what situation I am put into, I know that the joy of Christ is sufficient for me. The joy of Christ doesn't need good things doesn't need favourable circumstances or a happy state of mind to exist. It just does, because it is not our joy. It is Christ's joy that flows through us. The Bible also tells us that the joy of Jesus is constant. The joy of Jesus is not a human emotion. It doesn't come and go. It is quietly, invisibly, ever-present. I want to tell you two stories here, two stories that constantly just inspire me and help me to understand what it means to have that constant faithfulness and that joy of Christ in your life. Now, these are two people that you may have heard of, two people who have both contributed very famous hymns to our lives. The first is a man called Joseph Scriven. Now, he was from Ireland and he was determined to be a missionary in America. He lived more than 100 years ago and he left his fiancée in Ireland to travel across the Atlantic to go and be a missionary. Now, when his fiancée finally sailed across the ocean to join him, she was killed in a tragic accident. Joseph Scriven buried her with his own hands. He was now lonely and grieving far away in a country many miles from his own people. But he still wrote home to his mother these famous words that we love to sing. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. What a picture of the constant joy in our life. There is proof that even when you are in your loneliest, most grieving times, you can still have that joy that comes from Jesus, that constant, sufficient joy. The next person is a man called Horatio Spafford, which I'm sure many people have heard about. And for me, I find his story consistently moving every single time I read about it. His life had a series of traumatic events. The Great Chicago Fire ruined him financially and disease took his four-year-old son. He was left with a wife and four daughters and they decided to move to Europe to start a new life. A last minute change of plans meant that his wife and four daughters sailed across the Atlantic without him and he was going to catch up later. However, whilst crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship his wife and daughters were on sank and all four daughters perished. His wife Anna alone survived and she sent him the telegram that simply said, Saved Alone. As Horatio Spafford sailed to meet his grieving wife the ship's captain informed him when they were passing close to the site of the tragic accident. As he was passing over that site knowing that that was where his four daughters had died Horatio retreated to his cabin and it was right there that he wrote these famous words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Now you may wonder why I'm telling those stories. You may be thinking those stories have no joy in them whatsoever. But I would absolutely argue against that. I would argue that these stories prove that joy is not a human emotion. It is not something that rises and falls with our circumstances and with the the things that are going on around us. But actually, joy is something that when we tap into Jesus and we have Christ's joy, it is the thing that is immovable in our life. Jesus is the source of our joy. His joy is sufficient and the joy of Jesus is constant. God doesn't promise us a life full of happiness and free from trials and temptations but he does offer us a life filled with the constant and sufficient joy of Christ and I feel like as I grow older and I get to know Jesus more and more I feel like his river of joy is absolutely enormous and I've only tapped into such a small amount of it and I want to tap into more I want to have more of his joy in my life. When we go back to that verse in John 15 verse 11 when it says I have told you these things so you will be filled with my joy that verse ends with yes your joy will overflow. Isn't that incredible to know that we can be so filled with the joy of Jesus that it will overflow from us into the world around us. Think of your friends, your family, your neighbours, people who maybe don't know Jesus and desperately need that constant, sufficient joy that he can bring. And we have the opportunity to not only get that joy from Christ, but to also overflow with that to the world around us. I want to finish with an amazing song, one of my favourite Christian songs. And I've asked the wonderful Claire to sing it, um, and she has done, and it's absolutely beautiful. And the song is The King of My Heart. And as you listen to this song, I just want you to really reflect upon the words. This song was written by a lady who wrote it as she was exploring the tensions between those wonderful things that happen in life and those things that tear you down, the grief and the sorrows. And she wrote it as she began to understand that it was Christ and Christ's joy that held the medium and the constant between those things. It is Christ's joy that is unwavering. So let's listen or sing, to this, sing this song together and let's really understand what it means to have Christ's joy in our lives.
1: Good. Mm-hmm. Bye.